Welcome into the Dad Verb Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be chatting about building resilient kids and then building a support system, two very important topics. And we're going to get the help of Nate Feathers. You can find him on Instagram as Dads Don't Babysit. Uh, Nate, welcome into the podcast. Uh, we have Ben and Andrew joining as usual. But Nate, uh, new face here. Do you want to give a quick intro as to who you are, what you do, and how many kids you have? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, like you said, my name is uh, Nate Feathers. Uh, I'm at Dads Don't Babysit on Instagram. I am a father of five with one on the way. So uh, I used to say that I had one in college and one in diapers, and then she's out of diapers. But we're about to be able to say that all over again. So I guess that's that's good. Dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's... So I, I basically, let's see, I, like people ask me all the time, like what I do, I kind of am all over the place when it comes to like, like working and things like that. And so uh, I've actually created a, a business, uh, a Christmas light hanging business. So we're in full swing with that right now. Nice. Um, and that's Busy kind of the, the main thing at the moment. So you service awesome. Iowa. I got some. <laughs> uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny. Uh, I'm in Nashville. It was 85 degrees yesterday and I was like sweating to death. And today <laughs> it was 44. So it was like a big old swing to the bottom. Yeah bottom of that where it yeah. feels like freezing now yeah that front yeah, is on its way to us too <laughs> yeah we're feeling it here in texas as well so man it's really great to have you on there's gonna be a lot of wisdom here because I mean, we've got a guy with a lot more experience than us so this is just gonna be learning this is gonna be fielding some questions and it's just cool too because like you've got a 19 year old on the high end and you've got one on the way so like range a lot of range uh, oh, yeah. and I'm, it's just, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, you know, the differences in parenting when you were raising your first versus what's happening now. I think, uh, there's so many more things when it comes to like research and gear and just, there's just so much. I'm just curious as like how you're adapting to it. Or if you're, if you're just kind of like, ah, oh, whatever, I know this. Uh, so it's, uh, it'll be fun to, 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 to ask those questions here in a little bit, but, uh, what we like to do, it's tradition for us to, uh, do a sick check because everyone is always sick. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't, what is our current streak of health? It was a, oh. definitely the summer. And I feel like it was maybe a four episode, Two weeks, run. maybe three. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I'm was, overshooting it. it. Was, I think we had three weeks where we were, everybody was healthy and nobody had come down with anything <laughs> yeah. and we were, and then a I, guest I ruined like it. Those little boards yeah. in the back. Yeah. We yeah, our yeah. guests, our guests our came guests on and ruined it. it, but you know, we've had a decent streak, but you know what's so, the uh, what's the meter today so last week i think we were actually healthy last episode but uh this week i i am we my family we are healthy but leading uh, like literal minutes leading up to us recording my daughter vomited all over the, her crib like every oh. it was just i was i'm literally like still sweating from like <laughs> the scramble um so uh I don't know if we are sick or if she was just mad. So because she, what she does is she cries so hard she vomits. Oh, so yeah. um, I, I at the moment I feel like we're not, and that was just a fluke. But what about you guys, Ben? We'll go Ben, Andrew, and then Nate. <laughs> uh, fortunately, right now everybody in the house is healthy. Um, but me and my kids spent the weekend outdoors or a day outdoors sleeping uh, and camping. So it was That's pretty nice. cold at night. 
So we'll see. He's starting to cough a little bit, but he was also playing on hay bales and stuff. So I'm really hoping that it's just allergies. residual from, you know, breathing in a bunch of hay dust. It's never allergies. But, um, you know, fingers crossed for right now, everybody's healthy. Teething, but healthy. I'm, I'm going to have to say the same. Everybody's healthy. Nice. I mean, we're, I'm okay. on like four or five weeks in a row here where, you know, we're doing good. I, I uh, envy you, man. And, and it's in the middle of that move. I mean, come on. I moved across the country. No one Props got sick. Props to you. Just saying. Props to you. <laughs> like, anyway. Really, oh, that's Nate. awesome. Uh, yeah, actually, old fam's healthy. Uh, you know, it, it kind of sounds crazy when there's eight of us or well seven of us in one of the way my wife you can't say sick because she's just not feeling good you know but uh as far as sickness goes we're good (laughs) awesome well with the amount of people for this like to be for all of us to be healthy is insane yeah this (laughs) is actually yeah and in like peak like start like flu season cold season october yeah like this is actually a big deal so like let's enjoy this uh but with that uh let's dive into our our first segment here and we're gonna be having a just a little open discussion about building resilient kids strategies for helping develop kids with emotional resilience and this is something that we i guess we kind of broached over a little bit ago when i you know was having more of a question and answer about my son, Colin, Ben and Andrew are helping me in a previous episode. Um, uh, just kind of like helping understand big feelings uh, and, you know, uh, tempering reactions so that you can build, I guess, emotional resilience uh, and and uh, building better kids. But um, with Nate here, I guess we wanted to field some questions over to him and um, and I guess we can just start with just some open thoughts. So like when you hear this general topic, and this is fairly open-ended, building resilient kids. 19 years of doing this, what have been some like missteps and learnings that just come off the top of your head with regards to this subject for you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I honestly feel like that is actually what brought me into the whole, you want to call it the dad space, is, is that I actually was the kind of guy who thought, well, the world's hard. You got to be hard on your specifically hard on your sons um, because, you know, the world's not going to give them uh, like you're not going to get much play for that. Right. Like the it seemingly men don't get the. The help that that you know women and children would get. And so I'll say that I thought you had to be hard nosed. Um, I actually thought that if you had that whole concept of, well, if they assume they're going to get something, like if they go hard at it, I'll, and I'll give in. Like if you give in, then uh, then they'll learn that you'll just give in at some point. So I did the exact opposite. When he would push and push and push, I would come back harder. And uh, and I really regret that, to be honest, because all it did was like teach him that I was mean. It really. Mm. And uh, I think it really hit me when he went to college. So he had almost all of, well, he had all his siblings when he got to college. Like when he went to college, I I had five at that point, but we took him to to school and I sat on the front porch and I just thought, oh my gosh, like it's over. And I didn't mean Mm. like, oh, you know, he he didn't pass on, but like he's now out of the house. He's his own person. I don't have that influence, that connection. I don't have any of that anymore. 
And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. They always say like when you, right, like if you have like those near death experiences, your life flashes before your eyes. Mm. I literally had all of those things that happened in his life that I could, that I, I probably knew in the moment, this is probably not what I should be doing. I'm being very mean. Mm. Um, all of those flashed before my eyes. And I was like, man, I just, I no longer have the opportunity to connect with him like I did. And when I had that opportunity, I just squandered it on being frustrated and angry and trying to be like, oh, I got to work. I can't be here. Or, or, you can't come with me. Uh, and so I literally have, I, I started a full 180 where I'm like, you know, I actually, I worked at a job for a while and uh, there was a point at which I was holding my daughter and it was a, it was a remote job and she had fallen asleep on me. I was not, I was off screen because I wasn't, I wasn't doing the one doing the talking. And, uh, and then the guy was like, well, Nate, you want to come back on screen and like say bye? And I clicked on, I'm like, sure. Sorry about like my daughter's asleep on me. And they told me like, that's not the kind of like feel we want to have. Like we're, we're corporate. We don't want to do that. And I was like, mm. that is not going to work for me. Like I, I'm a dad on top, like above all else. Like I'm a dad who has a job, not a man who works, who has kids. If that, if mm. I can like say mm. that as like the, yeah. yeah, great way to put and, it. And I'm like, my kids will go with me like anywhere. Like, I, I mean, mm. if at some point, I mean, I know they're supposed to be in bed right now, but I'll, the door may pop open and they'll be in here, but like we're dads. Right. So they mm, just are wow. part of who I am and part of my life. And they're going to interrupt stuff. My, I was on another podcast a couple of days ago and my, my youngest son, Wyatt, like walks in, just starts talking. I'm like, hey, hey buddy, we're, we're doing something. <laughs> but it's just like, it's like, I'm, I'm so different. And I wish I had known all of this stuff before. Because what you're talking about is that whole resiliency. And when you think about it being, oh, I have, like, as a, as a man, I'm like, oh, I have to be hard on my boys because they're going to have to deal with a harsh world. And the truth is, if I'm like calm and peaceful and accepting and loving and give them the space they need to have big emotions and feel what they feel, they become very, very confident in who they are because one of the most important people in their lives, me, accepts them exactly the way they are, which for them, it just, it, it puts that default programming into them that I am supposed to be here. I am part of these things. And in my opinion, that concept was totally outside of my thinking before, but now mm. it's crazy to think that we have to be harsh just because the world is. It's crazy to me to think that. Yeah, dude, I just you feel I feel like everything that you said about your before your 180, like is really like speaking. I like feel like I want to cry a little bit. Like this is it's been a hard week, man. And just like I feel like you're giving me like a TED talk or something. Like it's just I don't know. <laughs> you've got like so much like I don't know. You've got a, a good vision of like what's, you know, you've got a lot of experience as well. And I just like, I feel like I'm in the middle of just a very hard period. So, um, yeah. I don't know. It's really cool to hear you say a lot of that. And I, I'm going to just veer off topic because you posted one, one, uh, one thing and you were like, uh, it, it was like, you know, I'm sure that you've got little kids and you're wanting like a clean home and you want peace and quiet and all that stuff. But I swear one day you will have that peace and quiet and you will have that clean home and it's going to make you sad, right? You're going to actually kind of like miss the mm -hmm. chaos. And at the moment, I like feel like that's yeah. not possible. No, 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 no. I'm going to love these vacuum lines. I'm going <laughs> to love the no food on the floor. So I'm like, no, no, no. Um, but, and it's really hard for me to get out of that frame of mind. But then when I yeah. hear you speak like you just did, it, it really like, 
um, I don't know, it, it broadens kind of like the picture and you start looking at the macro yeah. instead of the micro. And um, I don't yeah. know, it, it, that really hits me. But I'll leave it to I don't know, Ben, Andrew, if you guys have any sort of questions or anything to add, I'll, I'll leave it to you, man. I mean, I, I think, you know, the the reason that, uh, you know, what you're saying is the bigger reason that I wanted to have you on the podcast, right? I think you're, the way you speak about things, the way you talk about fatherhood as as a duty and a privilege is really important. And I think it's the Mm. differentiator between the dads of the past, right? The dads that maybe previous generations think we should be and the dads that we want to be and think we should be, right? right? Um, The dads who aren't afraid to be emotionally vulnerable at times to say, you know, I love you. I'm sad. I'm upset. Like, and when we talk about building resilient kids, I think that's, to me, that has been one of the biggest challenges is I look at my kids and I'm like, I want them to be accepting, loving of themselves, of others. I want them to understand how to manage their emotions, right? You see so many kids that don't know how to manage their anger, that don't know how to manage jealousy or sadness or whatever, and it manifests in all these destructive behaviors. Oh, yeah. And in order to do that, I have to deal with me. And that's the hardest part is like, I think you saw that, right? You saw that with your 19 year old, like they went off to college and all of a sudden you're like, I thought I had to be X to get them to where they needed to be. And you realize like, maybe that didn't work or it wasn't exactly the relationship you wanted to build. And so then you have to do all this like introspection and self-reflection and say like, where can I be better? And I think that's Mm. the most challenging part, right? Is like, dealing with your own stuff, dealing with your own baggage, your own emotions, and giving yourself the tools so that you can be an example to give your children those tools. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's Mm -hmm. so true. Because like, like, one of the things I say is that I believe self discipline is the best kind of child discipline. What I mean by that is me as a father is this as if I can be crazy self-disciplined on my own, I'm going to teach them by leading by example, right? So when it comes to emotional regulation, you know, dads have a tendency to blow up. Dude, I still do it. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing is that I, I try to say it as often as possible that I still screw up. Like, even though I believe we should be this way, I'm not going to – I don't do it every time. And there, there are guys out there that I'm like, that guy probably never yells. I, dude, I raise my voice and I'm like, oh, dang it. I didn't mm-hmm. want to do that, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Last there's, night, there's the ideal and there's the reality, right? Like yeah, there's the, yeah, there's human, the trying human. to, this is trying to be who I want to be versus like, who am I today? And like, exactly. And that, but that's part of that, that journey, right? Is the learning who you are, what can be better and going, you know what? Hey, I screwed this up. How do I repair? How do I make this better? Um, and how do I show my kids that like, that's okay to say, I made a mistake. I'm going to own that. Here's how I'm going to try to be better. And we're going to try to move on from it. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, it just comes back to your own self and your own willingness to be introspective, to see how you can become better. Because uh, I have a, I have a friend who says like our ceiling is their floor. And I love that because if I can build the tallest building and like to give them the highest height to be standing on, that's my job. And so giving them all of those tools by, by learning them for myself and then acting them out because it's monkey see monkey do, right? That that's how kids are. They're not really going to do what we say. They're definitely going to do what we do. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, man. Uh, Andrew, uh, did you have anything that you wanted to add? I know you've got a little or anything like that. Or if you I have mean, any questions I, for Nate, you've just been quiet. I wanted my to kids like are a, so small. I know, yeah. yeah. No, so I know people have heard me say it on the podcast, wrote, the, the world is cold, the world is hard, get used to it. Um, <laughs> and that's it. It, it, right, Nate just like slammed on that entire idea, but I'm not saying it. I want to be clear on this in the future. I'm not saying it in the sense that like I'm being cold and hard to my right. kids, right? It's more like, hey, your room's going to be 69 degrees. You need to get used to sleeping under some covers, right? Your feet are always <laughs> going to be cold. You are female. That's just how it is. Let it go. Add more socks, right? Like, um, that's the whole, the world is cold. The world is hard. Dad will support oh, you, man. but, but you need to get used to the hard part because it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, the only thing I like as we were going through this, the one question that kept coming up for me is, um, how, you don't have to give us specifics, but like, how old were you when your son, who's now 19, was born? Were you? And I mean, you're obviously 19 years older now, but <laughs> how much of what you think of as that maturity and that growth as a dad was you being a young, naive, let's call it early 20 something year old, thinking you had the world by the balls and now being a you know mid mid to early forties, I don't know however old you are, right? Going, he wants I've to know your age and the your social security number, and I got some wisdom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last for your social bank account pin, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, I was I was twenty. Uh, I was years born and uh, uh, twenty four, like a um, a month after he was born. Um, but yeah, I'd say a lot of it was that. Uh, but you know what? I don't know if you guys got this or not, but like I, I always saw kids as part of life. Like I grew up, uh, I grew up just assuming, oh, I'll get married and I'll have kids. Like it was not like a plan for me to have kids. It was assumed that they were like, the only way I know how to put it is they were on the side. They were just part of what I assumed life would be. I was going to go after whatever goals I had and oh yeah, I'd have kids along the way. And I think a lot of that, a lot of my actions and stuff came from it feeling like they they were getting in the way of what I was trying to do and they were supposed to be on the side. I think that, and mm. I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how else to put that. No, no, but, that makes sense. Cause, cause yeah. I look, I see it very much. So I'm, I'm 40 and I yeah. have an 18 month old. That's my first yeah. kid. Right. Awesome. And so like a lot of the getting the stuff done, I did. Right. I mean, and, and I got it out of the way before I even found someone to have kids with. Yeah. Right. Um, mm. And so I, I was curious being on the older spectrum of dads, right? If how you managed that battle, right? Between, and I guess what you're saying is the battle of I'm a man, I'm going to succeed. And oh, by the way, I have to raise this child, right? Because I think we do have a lot of dads that are listening that are in that position where they're in their early 20s. They're right, still trying to succeed at a career, but they also have to focus on raising a successful adult. Right. Right. You know, it's funny because actually having my oldest now, I'm looking at him going, all right, dude, um, I'm going to give you the advice I would give another guy that's asking me these questions, like as if you aren't my kid, like you're my son. So just know I love you. But this is advice I would give to, you know, Joe Blow who asks, um, because I think it's I think it's great advice. But it's the same. It's the kind of thing where I'm like, you're 19. Go fail fast, fail hard. 
like screw up a bunch of stuff as hard and fast as you can because you'll learn faster. And actually, if you fail fast and hard, you'll succeed earlier in your life. And I didn't do that part of it. So I'm like, do in this instance, I'm going do what I didn't do by I mean, I'm like, dude, you're 19, like do whatever it is and work at whatever you want as hard as you're 25. And if you do that, you're probably going to have some success. And when you look up, if you've worked on yourself as much as you can to become the best version of you and do this, you're going to have a certain echelon of people around you. And when you find a female that you find attractive and want to be around, she's like, then start doing that because you will have started your success process already and you'll be light years ahead of the game. Um, I came from the church background. It was like, don't have sex till you're married. And, and like, and so lots of guys in my age were like, well, I'm not married because I can't crazy if I don't have sex. <laughs> and, and so like that's not an insult to the church. It's just the way it was. And, mm-hmm. and so like, I can tell you right now, that was like, I was married before is where I have my, my first two kids are from my first marriage. And like, that was one of the things like, they're like, well, you can't have sex before you're married. Oh, well you had sex. Now you should probably get married. And it's like, you know, I'm looking at going, don't, don't, don't do what I like. I don't mean don't get married. I just mean, don't feel like you, you've, you've got to follow this religious way of doing things. Cause it's, it's like better. You know, I'm just, there's a lot that you can unpack right there that <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to pull up your Instagram right now. I, the best did you, t- I feel like you talked about, was it you who talked about this on, on a post recently? Maybe I, f- I was following someone else, but it was like a comedic way of, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm missing it, but anyway, I, sorry, I, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, 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 I was just like, my wife got the best advice in her 20 from both her parents. They basically said, go to college and sleep with everybody. Because that's the time to do it. Be safe, do it the right way, but go to college, sleep with anybody you want. That's the time to have that adventure in your life. And then figure out how to settle down and get married because nobody's going to care afterwards. And it's like, man, had somebody told me that, like, college would have been a very different world, right? Uh, I'm just saying, like, but they put it into a perspective for her that allowed her to become comfortable with who she was as a, as Mm -hmm. a female, right. As a sexual person in her early twenties. And that took, I mean, I'll be honest, took me into my thirties to figure out what I wanted and who I was and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So I got to, it's a, it's a really good conversation to have because it, it, but here's the thing is I think this is all along the backdrop of kids will can and will and should go out experiment fail whatever it is but they will not be comfortable doing that unless they know that there's a safety net right Right. at home hey i've run into a problem i've had an issue i've got this this and that like i'm experiencing some consequence of this what do i do right and if you haven't built up that relationship to the point where they are comfortable speaking to you about that right like i think we talked uh, on one of the really about- early episodes of the podcast of like yep. if my kids underage drinking somewhere and they you know they yeah, go out they're fine drinking they get a little drunk i want me i want me to be the first person they call and say yeah. like dad Instead of making a poor decision, call me. I will come get you. I might be a little disappointed. I might even be a little mad. But they trust you. But it's okay. I'd rather have you home and safe and a little bit upset than, you know, you making a poor decision because you don't want to get in trouble, right? Yeah. And that's the whole thing is like, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, my kids are three and eight months. So like, I'm not dealing with that anytime soon, but it's going to happen faster than I realize. And I want that foundation to be there so that, you know, we have total trust and like, we can talk about anything. Like there is a cone of safety, right? Where we can have that conversation so that when he is out of the house and he's on his own, making his own decisions, he knows like, Hey, if I'm in a position where I need help or I'm unsure of myself and, and I just need some advice, like he can call no matter what it is and have that conversation. That's, that's it right there. And honestly, that is why I do what I do because I believe that the connection that makes them reach out to you is built with your 19 month old or your like newborn. It's built in what I call the first like seven years. I call it like the subconscious window where they just like open to all the stuff where mm-hmm. that's where that's like I, like at some point you got to teach your kids that the world is a harsh place. Now I don't think we have to be harsh to do that. And I definitely don't think it's between the first in the first seven years of their life, right? But you're building yeah. up this programming in their mind that will run on default. And so from my standpoint, I'm going that like if I want my kid and I I did a post for, about this, but I'm like if I want my 16 year old to call me when he's had too much to drink and he's been fooling around like that with his friends then I can't start when he's 16 and he needs to call me, right? I got to start when he's born and have him like skin to skin on my chest. So he smells me, hears my voice and begins to build that feels of this is my, this is my safe place. Because if I do that, then I'm not yelling at over like breaking something in the house or leaving lights on and I'm calm at 16. I'm that call. And that's what, that's what we all want. We just forget in the small moments when they're little that that the ultimate goal is when the consequences are big and they need somebody, they're reaching out to us rather than hoping they can hide from us, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's I mean, and that's where I struggle with the most at the moment. But it's so true. Like at this age, starting right now, you know, when, uh, you know, when they're four, five, six, and they're making mistakes, right? They're, you know, they're. They're pouring themselves milk and they're tr- trying to figure things out and they dump it all over the place, right? They're, they're, they're not, you know, uh, just doing mundane, simple things that they ask. They're just, you know, they're just not there yet. They're developing. They're still uh, the reaction, tempering the reaction is like, why didn't you do that? Why can't you stay clean? Why did you do that? Or, you know, like those keeping that, that down is ultimately going to help guide build uh, or build up to, you know, when they are a little bit older, they're at that teenager age they have this understanding of like, okay, like dad's not going to get super pissed. Like he always does. Cause that's what I come to expect, right? Every little thing I do is wrong and he's pissed at me. Right. Yep. Uh, so yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, it, it 100% pattern. begins at that early age. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, sorry, Ben, we're, we're going to, uh, uh, chime in here. No, or no, do I, was, you, uh, I could also roll into segment number two. Uh, here. I was just saying you're, you're building a pattern, right? You're building a pattern yeah. of experience. So it's, right. it's, they, they know what to, safety is, and this is like the most boring thing in the world, right? But like the more consistent you are for your kids and the more consistent you are in how you handle situations, the more stable and boring you are, like, the more they're going to feel safe. And it feels so lame to be like yeah. so consistent and so stable and try your best to not be, you know, like have the outbursts and all this other stuff. And I mean, again, like you said, Nate, it's nobody's perfect. Everybody's working towards this ideal. 
but it's like if i'm consistently saying you know what like i screwed up i'm gonna admit that i'm gonna take that on myself like that shows them how to do it it shows them how to like my son has started recently saying to us um you know, if he, if we, like I dropped something and I got frustrated, I was like, damn, like I just dropped this thing and I kind of muttered under my breath. And he just looked, he looked up at me and was like, it's okay, dad. It's just a mistake. You didn't mean it. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, you know what? Like, you're right. Okay. And we've been trying to do that with him because I've, I found myself, it, he's three, he's very smart. He's trying to do a lot of stuff on his own and just doesn't have the coordination for it yet. And I found myself getting so frustrated, like taking stuff from him whenever he tried to do it. Like, no, just let me do it. It'll be faster. No, let me do this. It'll be faster. No, let me help you with this. And I've had to like stand there with my hands in my pockets or like behind my back and just watch and go. And then he'll drop something or break something. And I got to go, it's, it's okay. It's just a mistake. Like we're learning. It's just a mistake. We'll, we'll clean it up. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And yeah. that has taken, it's still, I mean, there's a, part of me that cringes every time he goes to like pick something up or cook something or no, I want to do the ketchup myself. And I was like, I know I'm going to spend the next hour, you know, carpet cleaning this chair, trying to get the ketchup staying out of it. But like, I have to let him try it himself so that he can gain that confidence and know like if he makes a mistake, it's not the end of the world. You know, if anyone from Heinz is listening, selling a poncho with every bottle of squeezed (laughs) ketchup would be an excellent marketing gimmick for every parent. I'm just saying. This podcast is brought to you by Resolve. If you need to get anything cleaned off the (laughs) carpets or furniture, Resolve has your back. You can find a Target with a red card, say 5% off. Kidding. We have no sponsors. No one's paying us. But anyway, there you go. That's, uh, That's where we're at. On building resilient kids, I think it's been a great conversation with Nate right now. But let's go ahead and and and, and roll into our second segment here. That's building a support system. Okay, uh, you know, parenting is a village. Well, at least it used to used to be. Now it's all, you know, don't touch my kid, don't yell at my kid. Anyway, uh, the importance of finding and 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 utilizing resources for parents. Uh, ben, do you want, you want to kind of kick this off uh, and, and chat about um, you know building a support system? Yeah. So, um, so I think we're, we all are very fortunate. Uh, it's probably taken some work and some discovery though, to have a community of dads, right? Like there's, I I think this has been this right here. These conversations is probably one of the things that has either been happening in pockets in, in real time with folks like people we know and respect, we think are good dads, but now there's this really vibrant community of fathers. Like we're seeing it in discord. We're seeing it on Instagram. Um, we're seeing it across social media where guys are connecting about these ideas of better men, better fathers, you know, better interactions, more engagement, uh, and kind of building this like dad community. Right. But I think that also has to translate to real life. Like, it is hard. Raising kids is hard. There is no two ways about it. It's difficult. It's challenging. Your kids are going to be hard because they're going to push all their boundaries. They're going to, you know, poke the bear and and try to figure out exactly what they can get away with. And so the hard thing is how do you build out that support system, right? So whether it's, you know, parents, grandparents, neighbors, uh, friends, even playdate groups, you know, other dads that you can meet up with and talk through some of these issues and kind of get a better understanding of yourself. Um, 
that is where I think the real challenge is and where groups, you know, talks like this and groups that, you know, that either we admin or that are out there um, really help a lot of dads in sort of our generation. So I wanted to ask you, Nate, like when you started Dads Don't Babysit, obviously we're, you were, you have built a community of fathers, a conversation around fatherhood. So both online and kind of in your daily life, like what does that kind of community and support system look like? And what are the things that you've kind of felt are the key to growing and maintaining that? That's a good question. Um, I, I'm a very, like, I'm very relational person. So from my standpoint, I, I don't, like, I love the interaction on, on Instagram and things like that. But, uh, you know, you need to have the personal contact side of things. And so just finding people that are of, you know, of, of somewhat of a like mind, obviously you want people to push you and make you better. But, um, we actually have, uh, I want to say it's like four, four families that all of us kind of spend a uh, a good amount of time with, uh, where we just, I mean, between all of us, I think there's probably, I'm going to say there's like 12 to 15 kids. It's some crazy number, like we're, we're all insane. We all just <laughs> um, so, uh, so we have that and you really do need mm-hmm. that. I think that having some, even if it's just one guy, uh, or a couple of guys you can lean back on and be like, Hey dude, am I crazy? Like, I feel this way. I've had plenty of times where I've reached out and been like, all right, this is where my head's at. Am I out of my mind? I've had uh, those same guys will reach out to me and be like, I got a question for you. Did I overreact? Um, I think you really need that. Uh, You also need action as families, letting your kids play and being able to actually have adult conversations. You know, our wives, I don't know about you guys, but my wife stays home with the kids. She needs some time to hang out with Mm. like women her age so that she doesn't go crazy. And, uh, and so I think that's a, that's a very huge deal. And like I said, I love the online interaction. I get messages constantly, uh, where, and I'm love like, I love it. Every time I get a message from somebody who's like, Hey, I have a question about this or, Hey, I tried what you said and this is what's happening. Like, dude, I have, I have literally read messages like that and look at my wife and been like, read this. I can't read it through tears. Cause I'm so excited for that dad. You know, mm. we, we need that. And I think, Guys are, I think I, I heard a stat that guys our age, or at least this generation of dads are spending three times more, three times more the amount of time with our kids than our own, than our own fathers did with us. Mm. I mean, we're going in the right direction. And so just yeah. knowing that you're not alone out there, having other guys, seeing other guys doing it or be like having friends that are, are striving to be the same. I mean, that's massive for your own, for your own heart and mind, I think. Oh, man. That's huge. Yeah. Jeez, that's a cool that yeah, I, I didn't it's, realize uh, that. It's yeah. It's really cool that I think that our generation of fathers are spending so much more time with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it it's so and it's still I mean, we've had this conversation on the podcast before, right? Where where you go out and like your baby wearing or you're pulling, you know, especially if yeah. you decide to take the kids on your own. Like if yeah. I if I'm yeah. walking around with two kids and it's just me the endless number of compliments you get from like, man, you're such a great dad. Like I took my kids out to breakfast and there were three, you know, probably older women that all stopped by the table to say like, your kids are so well behaved. You're doing such a good job, like feeding them and keeping that. And I was like, but this is like, thank you. That's really nice. Right. But it's almost like, and we've talked about this, the bar is so low 
for fathers that we are we are fundamentally like changing that viewpoint just by doing what it is we think we should be doing like we're just <laughs> fulfilling the job requirements and it's just like and it's just like oh you're doing such a great job and i'm like but if my wife were to do the same thing it'd be you know no one would notice not a single person would walk by and be like oh that mom's doing such a great job or they just would never say anything right and so it's so interesting to see that fundamental change but I think that change has also led us to connecting with, like you said, kind of like-minded communities. So like, I think back to like the dads in my circle, right? They're all about the same age within four or five years of each other. A lot of us have like two to three kids kind of all around the, the same age. And like you said, it's great to be able to like get everybody together. And I think it maybe an episode or two ago, we talked about the sort of communal parenting where mm -hmm. it's like we all have very similar parenting styles and we know like mm -hmm. no one's going to yell at anybody else's kid but like we all know that our kids are also safe no matter who's like on duty right, right. so like one parent will go up to the playroom and hang out with everybody for 30 minutes while the other parents are having a conversation the kids are all playing around and then they'll come back down and somebody will switch or whoever happens to be closest to the chaos will just go hey like <laughs> we know that I know your parents wouldn't say that that's okay. So I'm going to, you know, nip this in the bud right now. Right. But it allows you to go in and relax and go, I know my kids are okay. I can have this conversation and I don't have to constantly have eyes on everybody to see what's going on and who's where, because I know they're going to be all right. Cause someone sees them. Um, and that, mentally i feel like is such a big help to even give those couple hours you're like mm -hmm. we're gonna go eat pizza and the kids are gonna watch tv and play and i know my kids are gonna be okay yeah 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 i, I well, i've seen like i have i have a, a friend that I, uh, like some friends that are from india and they're like his parents live with them so it's mm -hmm. like we don't do that in the united states right that's like crazy mm -hmm. a guy lives with his parents like even if he owns the home and they live with him, it's still weird mm -hmm. for, for people in our culture. But yeah. honestly, we're, mm -hmm. we're a very odd culture compared to the rest of the world where yeah, that whole, it takes a village. It takes, it takes a family to raise children. Uh, like that concept is, is lost on us in the U S but I mean, studies have actually shown that uh, kids having just grandparents nearby actually do better in like school and growth and emotional because they have a grandma that's nearby like that right there should tell us something about how we live in like the western world um but i mean like my friends that they just live up the street but like I, like the the his parents live with them and that gives them the ability to do certain things i'm not saying we all got to do that but it, mm. it's amazing how well I, we were just talking about this with my wife and i today i'm like you know if we lived in florida near her parents like I'm like I'd live down the street or next door to him at this point. I mm -hmm. love my in-laws, which I know is a rarity, but they're awesome. <laughs> and so I'm like I'd live right next door. We can hang out all the time. Like all of that, there would never be a problem in my opinion. Um, and then mm -hmm. my kids would get to have their grandparents right there. So even just like a friend group, but even having family, that's a big big deal that I think we miss out on in the states. Um, and I think people are actually mm -hmm. going back to that. I have I have another set of friends. Um, they actually started an Instagram page. I think it's multi-generational living, mm -hmm. but her parents moved into their house, kind of the same concept. 
And, uh, you know, they ended up right now they're in Europe. So her parents are at the house and they're all in Europe right now because he's do he does some film stuff. Um, but it's one of those things where they started to do that to just have their, their people around their kids. That's, yeah. I love that. I'm like, I, I kind of, I'm craving. I'm like, you want to move, babe? Let's move. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I grew up, uh, I, mean, my, I grew up with a Chinese dad and a Puerto Rican mom. And, uh, yeah, my, on my Chinese side, my grandma, she lived with us. Uh, she lived with us for a little bit. And to this day, I know a little bit of Taiwanese because she taught me like she would, uh, she'd pick me up from school. Oh, my dad was at work. My dad worked on wall street. So she would pick me up. Uh, and then I would go home with her and, uh, while my parents worked and then, and then, but yeah, she lived there with us for, for quite some time before she went back to, uh, the Philippines. But, uh, yeah, for me, that was kind of like normal. It wasn't until I was older. I'm like, oh yeah, you don't really do that. We're much more of an independent society, uh, as opposed yeah. to, you know, having family close by, but there are serious advantages to having, um, grandparents in close proximity to the kids. Uh, for a lot of great reasons. Uh, but I, I actually enjoyed that aspect of my childhood, uh, being really, really close to, uh, to my grandparents. Andrew, I cut you off. I'm sorry, man. Uh, again, the delays, man, no, no, it's, no. it's always, it's always it's on me, good. but I, I, I'll let you, I'll let you go for it. And then we'll, uh, we'll move I was, on to our discord comment. Well, I was going to say, we, we very much strayed from the topic of building the support system to just, what is it like to have a support system? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hey, let's not give any advice. Let's just talk about how lucky we all are to have these great support <laughs> systems where, you know, my mom's five minutes away and my grandma lived with me. And, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. that yeah. was, it was more a quick clip than anything else. <laughs> Thank you. That's a great piece of advice that I would say is, being willing to be the person who's vulnerable enough to say they need help, like reaching out to the other guys. Cause most of us are not going to say anything, but if you're the guy that's willing to say something, uh, it's kind of like nobody wants to raise their hand and ask the question, but everybody in the classroom needs to know that answer that you're about to ask. I tell my kids that all the time, like ask the question, don't be afraid or embarrassed because guaranteed at least 10 other kids are asking the same question and they're too afraid to ask it. If we as men will stand up and go, dude, I don't have any clue what I'm doing. Somebody help me out or see somebody that has something we want. Go ask him because chances are you're going to find more guys that, that are willing to talk. And the question I'm going to ask next yeah. is, is that at the gym or is that at the bar or is that at daycare? Like, where is that moment? Because – Frankly, I don't see another adult male most of my days uh, unless I'm like in line at the grocery <laughs> store, right? Or um, at the T-Mobile shop, or, right? Like, I don't have time to go sit at the bar for eight hours and get advice from other dads. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, we talked about it before. Like, we have. You, we have. You, you, you got to make time. Like, and I think like, again, like one simple thing is just like leaning into your hobbies, you know, whether that's like trading card right. games or that's like lifting or that's playing guitar, right. And then act actively being a part of groups that engage in that same form of interest. And then like building uh, that community aspect outside of your family and then, and having that outlet and then being able to talk uh, and, and express. But like, I think that's one like main tactic is just like leveraging hobbies or interests and making time for it because i think it's it's an excuse that i hear like like i don't have time like you do have time okay you do have time if you're able to have enough time to scroll instagram or do whatever like you have the time to do it uh and uh 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about just being intentional with your time, using like tactics that we talked about, like you know, building on a Google Calendar for the family and just like living off that calendar and blocking out time for yourself if that's needed, so that your your you know your partner can step in when needed and you and vice versa. Um, the, yeah. the irony being, I think Ben put together a short of me saying the like exactly how to do that this week because I got an inst- I got a YouTube thing and I'm like, <laughs> oh, we posted something and I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, I'm talking. Uh, I don't know if I want to watch this. <laughs> you talking about building your support system. Right? There you exactly. There you go. There you go. Oh. Well, um, I think uh, <laughs> if you guys do want a support system, you're listening to this. We do have a Dadverb uh, uh, Discord community uh, that continues to have a good engagement. And Andrew's just always in there just shooting knowledge at people and helping people out. We got Prince Bougie as one of our mods in there who's helping people as well. Uh, and on that note, we can uh, hop into our Discord right here. And uh, our our latest comment is about going to the gym. Andrew, do you want to read off that comment off Discord? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Daniel V, who just joined today or yesterday said i miss going to the gym i'm the only reliable child care for us so i've just made a home gym and work out with the baby uh, when the babies are sleeping and he mm-hmm. hasn't gotten a lot of feedback in the fitness channel yet um so i kind of <laughs> I mean, wanted I, I, to I to throw that back out of him because yeah. to be fair right we've gone over this a couple times i mean ben has a whole thing about his his former weightlifting career that he's I don't want to say abandoned, but let oh, go for better pursuits. Oh, it's, um, it's been it's abandoned. Modified. It's I, modified. I, 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 yeah, it's, I can't. I can't train for like three hours a day. So it's, yeah, I get but, like okay, thirty minutes maybe. If people are watching on YouTube, right, Nate? If you can see, like, if you're listening to audio, I would encourage you to check out uh, uh, YouTube uh, where we're streaming as well. Nate's a handsome guy, and Nate looks like he lifts uh nate looks like he works so let's uh let's ask nate here or is that i do uh, not what is- let's be clear on this andrew does not look like he works out okay We're, uh if you're not watching on youtube i want to <laughs> nate nate uh he works out so i'm curious you know you've got a large family and that skews all types of ranges how do you make time for yourself for specifically that thing like how do you make time for the fitness aspect of your life, because I'm sure that's of relative importance to you. Uh, yeah, um, actually, a lot of guys may not like this answer, uh, but I get up at about 4 a.m. Yep. in order to go to the gym. Um, Everybody keeps saying that. Yeah. I keep that's all I, I keep hearing. Is just get up at 4 a.m. and I hate that, that answer, answer, but I I know it's the right one. <laughs> yeah. I know it's the right one, but I, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you'll either take away time family you'll take away time from yourself or you'll take away time from like your job right so some guys Mm. work outside the house maybe go on your lunch break uh something like that find a place to go do that Uh, but i don't have that so for me if i don't Mm. go at that time i know i won't go um and i do have a really close friend who works out in his garage um there is like i mean i'm a big fan of brute force like i have their i have a, a lot of their stuff that if i need to work out in the in the garage or outside i can do that they've got like sandbags and kettlebells and uh weight mm. stuff like that but yeah i mean i if i'm gonna like if i'm gonna do anything i'm just gonna keep getting up earlier because like i'm like oh i need to write well i'll get up earlier um because i don't bed? want huh what time do you go to bed this is the 
All right, I, t- I swear to you, I t- I, this is, don't do what I do on this one. Um, I'll go to bed between 11, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, sometimes a little bit later. You um, need more sleep, sir. That's why Nate's, Nate's on the Mark Wahlberg plan where he's up at four. He's done a full day's work before most of oh, us get man. out of bed. And then. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's like, I go to bed around the same time as you, Nate. And so, like, the idea of getting up at that four or five o'clock block, I'm like, ah, man, that's hard. Like, it's, I need, I need more of that sleep. I, luckily, I do make time uh, in the afternoon. That's kind of when, uh, when I've kind of settled. And that's what works for me. You know, I've got yeah, an alarm at 11.30 every day. Nate, here's uh, the question. Lunch, during my lunch break. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. the question. How does your wife not murder you at 3.45 when that 4 o'clock alarm goes off? And she's still got another five hours of sleep going. Like, how do you manage that one is the advice everybody needs. <laughs> um, sometimes I get a message like, I'm going to kill you. You know that? Um, or I'm like... Stay away for the rest of the day because I don't know if I should go. I don't know if it's safe. But uh, honestly, a lot of times, except for now because she's pregnant, like I'll say that she probably gets up a little bit more often or is awake more often. And so if my alarm goes off, she's like, you know, ready to hurt me. Uh, But for the most part, she just goes, she can fall right back to sleep usually. You don't hit the snooze button. I'm a snooze fan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, guys, I, uh, I think, uh, we've kind of had a, such a wonderful conversation with Nate. I think, uh, we, we should be, you know, coming up to the time and, and closing things out, uh, for anyone listening, I would encourage you to check out Nate on Instagram at dads underscore don't underscore babysit. Uh, you were what about like 150 something thousand, 160,000 followers, uh, on, on the IG only growing. I would encourage you to go ahead and check that out. Lots of great knowledge being shared there. Similar to what he chatted about here on this episode. Thank you for tuning into the dad verb podcast. If you haven't already that, uh, discord community that we talked about, you can join that, right? You can, uh, just follow the link provided in the description of the YouTube video or in the show notes of wherever you get your podcast. We'd appreciate any sort of five star review. Uh, and through Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, all you new and expectant dads out there, don't miss the opportunity to check out dadverb.com for courses up through year one of fatherhood. It's a valuable resource that can keep helping you on your journey into parenthood. Again, thank you, Nate, for coming on. Really, really appreciate your time. Uh, and if you guys don't mind, you can always like, uh, subscribe on YouTube, drop a comment. We'd love to read those comments. Uh, and other than that, We hope you guys do fantastic this week. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode of the Dad Verb Podcast. Peace.